1: So in today's episode, ladies, we have Chandra Lacey, and she has done tremendous amount of real estate investing from flipping to rental properties to RV parks and everything in between. What I think you're going to really appreciate about today's interview with her is that we talk about problem solving. And if you start to solve problems in this business, you're going to have plenty of inventory, plenty of fill in the blank. And she did that when she saw low inventory and she decided to solve a problem. And she did and got rewarded appropriately. So I think I really appreciate her way of being when it comes to solving problems in a community.
2: Yes. And she got started getting, solving a biggest, one of her biggest problems was domestic violence right after she had her second child. So we were talking about somebody here that really has the courage to pivot, to solve problems and create a new reality, right? So she created new inventory and she also idealized networking as part of her business plan. And I think we underestimate networking very much nowadays as like a leisure, but she really looked at networking as a tool that she could find other people to fulfill her gaps.
0: Welcome back, ladies.
1: This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we're all about empowering women to live a financially free and balanced life. We're doing that locally. We're doing that globally. And so we have a big mission ahead of us, right, Andressa?
2: Indeed. We woke up one day and we thought, we have nothing to do today. So let's just tackle
0: that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a big one and it's a great one. It's so powerful to see all you amazing women listening and being part of our community, part of our journey, part of our investor kind of explosion of what we're up to in serving mm-hmm. women. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our journey as well. Chandra, thank you so much for being here today. Excited to have you on our show.
0: Thank you for your time. Man, I am so excited to be here. What you guys are doing is amazing. And so I just can't wait to jump in.
1: Yeah. Really excited to share your explosive growth and all the niches you're involved in. I'm really excited to go there and have you on today. So before we do that, for those who have been with us, Throughout the over 200 episodes we have recorded since we've started, or you're just joining us for the first time, we'd like to get connected to all of you. Share something coming up for us in our life, so hopefully it will relate to you and you can use it in your life. So, Andressa, Mm. what is happening with you?
2: Well, this is the moment that we talked about, you know, lessons and real estate strategies, business, right? Today, I'm going to talk about plans. Plans? Ooh,
1: that's exciting. (laughs) Plans.
2: (laughs) I told my mom, listen, while you're gone in Brazil, I killed two of your plants,
1: okay? Plants. I think you said plans. <laughs> plants. Plants. Gotcha. Gotcha. Plants. I killed them. Uh-uh. That's a separate story. What
2: I'm going to say is that I bought a new house and there were plenty of plants like around the backyard and the front yard that were all like different shapes and forms Clearly, they didn't take care of them, and clearly, I'm not the right person to take care of them. So I don't know what the hell to do with them, and I ask a landscaper to come over and take a look at them. So I'm going to use this analogy, and I thought about it when every time that I look at this bush, I think about teens. So we have this beautiful bush. We are in um, getting into spring, so all of those like uh, little you know plants are coming out or trying to get out but so, there's so many of them so many little branches came out mm-hmm. they were not trimmed before so they are all trying to get out at the same time and they're all dying so the hole it's not just not working so he said we need to really cut this a lot and I was like wait but then if I cut this little branch it was supposed to come like a bit of a flower over here it's like the entire you got to think about the whole. So the reason why I'm saying this is that many times we have teams, right? Right now we have a bunch of people in our teams and there's some links or team members that are really not contributing to the whole and we're trying to keep them there. Oh, but it might come a little flower out of it. And you are there. It's consuming the energy from the whole and, and it's not prioritizing the rock stars in your team. So when you think about your team, look at it as this plant with a lot of branches, right? Many times we need to trim it. Many times we need to pivot. Many times I just need to cut that branch and plant it in another vase. So and sometimes you just need to let go of it, trim it, cut it out. It's not a good fit for, for both. But the time consuming that I want to point it out to you guys over here, think about your team. If it is not like this fluid flow of energies, consuming a lot of energy, and it's taking from others, taking from you, taking from other team members. And we need to flex that muscle of firing people with kindness, with fairness, obviously. But firing is part of real estate business. So welcome to the firing process. No, just kidding. Just think about it, okay? if you see it, that there's no progress, there's no contribution to the whole, you got to make a decision. You're not making a decision is affecting the entire
1: team. That's all I got. What you got. I love it. Well, I don't love it, but I I do appreciate what you're saying. (laughs) It's important, right? It's important. And I also kill plants, so that's why we get along so well. (laughs) Great, great. Chandra, thank you so much for being on our show. Really appreciate your time. And we always like to kind of kick things off with... What propelled you to jump into this real estate investing, you know, business?
0: Yeah, guys, I have this really insane start, but I think it kind of goes into the opening. I've got to cut things out from your life. So I started, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington, and I was living in Texas at the time. And I had to flee that situation. I know it sounds dramatic, but it very much was. I had just had a baby. My son was days old. And I was in a domestic violence situation. And I had to flee from that situation with my son and my daughter and move from Texas to Seattle, like overnight because of that domestic violence situation. And I moved in, fortunately with my parents, they took us into their little retirement home of 1200 square feet and packed us in this two bedroom house. And I was at this new point in life. And I don't like to say rock bottom because I don't feel like that I was at this new starting point in life. And I like to share that experience because one in three women are in domestic violence situations and one in four men are. And sometimes you feel I was married for 12 years. I was living in this situation for 12 years. And Mm -hmm. when I stepped out of it, and started a new level playing field for my life, which felt like the worst time in my life because I had a new baby and a new and a daughter and, and fleeing to totally across the country. But at that moment, it was a starting point, a launching point for an actual start. And so it was, so why not jump into real estate, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I took about a year, got my real estate license while I was raising this little baby and my daughter, it took about a year, got my real estate license. And the first thing I did was I went and interviewed real estate offices because I wanted to be a part of the mo- like the office that is doing the most business, selling the most real estate, right? So I drove almost two hours to be in this office and I learned something so quickly in real estate. If you are in traditional real estate, you are in a customer service lead generation business. And back in the day, I used to manage a big, huge Nike town. It was like one of my favorite jobs to work for. And I was working at Nike, managing this like $18 million store. And I was in this customer service business. And the guy that was making all the money was Phil Knight, the guy that made the Nikes. He was in charge of the product and I got the chance to sell it. So I knew that that was a critical moment. I wanted to be in charge of putting product in the marketplace because that's how I could control my income. And so I very quickly turned and said, I need to get into this flipping business building. I need to be in charge of my destiny. And put this product in the marketplace. So I sat down and I created a business plan. And it is the most simple business plan around and it related to me. I just, I didn't want like the the, I didn't need a big, huge essay on what I was gonna do. I literally put a piece of paper down. I drew a, a column. And on this column was the pillar of my business plan. It said, I want to flip houses using other people's money, people from my community, so I can help them grow wealth, help women grow wealth. And then I drew a bridge and I drew another column. And on that other column it said, I'm going to buy rental properties producing income, cash flow, very key word produce, I'm going to buy cash flow properties. And then my bridge across, I said, I'm going to use my income from flipping those houses to buying that cash flow property. And I made this very simple visual, because I'm a visual person, business plan. And I began to execute. I just put the wheels in motion. I changed real estate offices and I moved to an investment-minded brokerage, which absolutely opened up doors for community and networking and when i did that that helped unlock kind of this flipping business I love telling the story. I used to run. I used to help do auction houses, and that's where I really got a lot of reps in. So I was just doing anything to get my foot in the door in this investment real estate side. And with auction houses, I would be driving about forty houses a week, and I had my little son in the back seat of the cars, toddler eating his snacks as we're driving all these distressed properties. And I would come home at night, and I would comp all these properties in all these different neighborhoods in Seattle, and then I'd. Put Put a package together and I would go sell these to investors that would want to buy these properties at the auction houses. And I was doing that every single day, hundreds and hundreds of property a month, talking to all these investors, doing this. And that really opened up the door for reps, learning neighborhoods, learning comps, learning all that stuff. And then I was able to put it into practice. I began building my investors. And I would talk to anybody about investing with me. I would talk to nurses, teachers, Amazon workers. I'm like, like partner with me, invest, let's flip some houses. And it began to build. And I flipped one house and I flipped two houses and then I flipped four. And now we're on to 40. You know, I think we're on 45 right now. And so we began flipping, flipping, flipping houses. And then I just looked, I opened up my business plan, I looked at it, and I said, Now, what am I doing? I'm gonna take that income and I'm gonna go buy cash flow producing properties and so I transitioned all that income I didn't take a paycheck from it because the goal is over here on the cash flow side and I bought I just began to buy doors and I started with this little condo remote investing I started with this little condo is so scary. I purchased this condo. Um, three, four hours away in this remote town, but they have an old nuclear plant that's been decommissioned. And I knew the neighborhood, I knew the area, and I bought this condo and it was my first one. I was so scared and I bought it. And then next week, another condo opened up in there and I bought it. And then I began to just, me and my business partner began to just turn the tide with buying rentals. And we went from zero to 90 doors across a plethora of platforms, mobile parks, apartment complexes, Airbnbs, you name it, we have in the portfolio and we were able to do that because of the business plan and sticking to the yeah. business model. And so I love to kind of share that story and talk about the importance of that because it really, really impacted me from that zero to 90 doors in that nine-month period. So I love Great. telling that story. Wow. Let's talk about well, it.
2: I want to unpack a lot of stuff, but I want to start by commending you to to have the courage to pack everything with your two kids. And just flee out of it. That's very endeared to my heart. And I can relate to what does it feel like, all the images. And and I also can relate to then when you are on the other side, you see it like you can breathe again, and then you can create a different path. It's not like, easy, but it is the different path.
0: And I love to tell this, I love to tell this analogy. You know, life is like a wheel. And you have all of these spokes that make your wheel go. And when you're trying and you have a broken spoke, your wheel does not roll. It does not, it does not mesh. And there's times in life where you're going to have broken spokes, but when you're able to create all of your spokes and your wheel can actually turn and move and go, now you're creating that momentum and that freedom in life, whereas opposed to when you're living in those areas in your life that are broken and not working quite right, it, it feels like you're always trying to push against the rock and the stone. But when your wheel is set in motion and fixed and you're focused on that and you can go and there's motion, it is a beautiful thing. And that is where you get that freedom you talk about. It is.
2: And that's what we stand for because financial freedom to many people is like oh, owning X amount of doors. But for many of women that are listening here, it's a matter of life or death. Right It's really saving the family. It's changing the next generation. This is what financial freedom is to a lot of women. That's why I, I I do what I do. I wake up every day in the morning. That's the financial freedom that I wanted for me and that I want for other women. I see a lot of like freaking fire on you after all of this happened, and then you just like went for it, and it was like unstoppable. And I think that having two kids right behind you, you get the fire. I heard this another day. I think it is true. You want something to get done? Hire a mother. (laughs) Because (laughs) she'll get it done, right? right? She will get it done because you have that over there. I want to break down when we hear like you went from zero to 90, right? For a lot of women, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just thinking about getting one single rental within the next two, three years or five years, right? Talk to me, you mentioned about the business plan, right? But you mentioned also a partnership. I want to go there very quickly because sometimes we try to figure out things all by ourselves and we hold ourselves back. So share with me about your journey did you went solo on, on the beginning, or you found different partnerships? And how can you collab- How did you collaborate with the partner into getting all of those properties under yeah. contract?
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it.
0: So there is a fabulous book out there. It's called Strength Finders. And I read this book. It's a great little like three, four chapters. And I think it changed my thought process because the book's premise is that we in society, especially coming from a corporate America background, we are trying to focus on our strengths, but we're trying to build up these weaknesses. And you have all these action plans. I'm so, I'm sure so many of you can relate all these action plans of your weaknesses. You're trying to build up so you can become a more well-rounded person person. Well, the premise of strength finders is I'm going to win and be the Michael Jordan. Cause he use that analogy in the book. I'm going to be the Michael Jordan of my strengths. And when I read that it revolutionized brain, cause I am a visionary thinker and I am a strategic outside the box planner. Right. And so when I take those strengths and I move them into my business, I know that my strength is I want to work in a team. So I know from a very start, I am team oriented. I do well in a team. I like to balance ideas and And so I always, part of the business plan was growing my community. It's also working with people. So I have flipped houses with key strategic business partners and investors, but key strategic business partners, I would always do it because I feel like it opens up more cash. It opens up more cash flow. But then I found a business partner. We flipped one house together and we had so much synergy because we both were very like-minded. We had kind of uh anchored in our strengths as opposed to focusing on these weaknesses. So we so we both had these superpowers of visionary thinking. We were like, okay, what is our goal? If we want to sell or put 10 million dollars worth of product in the market this year, how many houses or properties can we buy? Well, if we we have 10 million out there, we can buy over a million, you know, 10%, we can buy over a million dollars worth of property, down payments for property, right? And so we just said, okay, how can we do this. And my business partner had that like-mindedness, which helped drew the synergy and helped exploded things. Whereas some of the other partners that I have partnered with on flips, great partners. In fact, I'm, I'm doing some different things with them now, but the synergy that we had in a partnership was key. We don't fight or have conflict over issues that are, should we do this? It's more about finding solutions. And that's what really catapulted us to this next level. So finding key business partners and finding like-minded partners, I think is so key. I know some of you guys, I know some of your uh, lessons you've learned, you've taught, you've discussed that. And I found that to be astronomical at like catastrophic in such a good way to my business because that like-mindedness is what has set us apart in our partnership. Yeah.
1: And when it comes to like-mindedness, let's talk about that a little bit because it's so true, but like I have found that so many of the women in our community get stopped with the, you know, how do you trust someone else, and how slowly should you move? And you know, the more cautious people, you know, certainly, and sometimes the people that aren't cautious just can jump in too quickly. And they're like, "Holy crap, did I just partner with that person?" And they do it too fast. So there's different issues for different personality styles. But walk us through one of those first partnerships. Where did you find the person? How did you guys connect? What were some of those initial conversations, even on breakdown of, you know, who's going to be responsible for what? And, you know, are we putting money in? You said you did 30 deals without putting any of your own money in. So how did you then, you know, negotiate that? Did they lend the money to you? Did they partner with you from a LLC perspective? You know, not that there's so many ways to structure deals with people and partners, but I'm curious of that because I think that stops a lot of women because we know it's power in partnership, but then to do it and then the how to do it I think a lot of people could get stopped because there is, you know, it's a marriage, right? It's it's scary. So, so walk us through that first partnership that you had and walk us a little through, you know, if you had to do it over again, if you would have done anything differently.
0: Yeah. I think some of the keys that you even said there, right? So like testing a partnership is probably was one of the most important things. So I partnered out of necessity in the beginning because I needed more cash flow. So I partnered out of necessity and then as I start growing, now I get to choose my partners a little bit. So I have two avenues. So I have partnerships in my business and those key partners actually help me with the flips or help me with the business. But then I have investors and those investors are more passive investors. So there's two avenues here that, that I went down because my first hurdle was money. So all I wanted to do, and that's, I find is key step one, almost if I give a step is find out what your hurdles are and then overcome. So I needed money. So I brought in investors and then I needed, whether it was a property. So I partnered with people because I needed a property. And so we'll partner one deal. We partner, whatever those terms are in that deal is how I'll partner. If they bring me the property, we might have a different structure on that partnership, but then I have my business partner and what worked for my business partner and I is we flipped this one house together. So I had already done about four houses with other partnerships and my business partner, and I came together and we had a 50, 50 partnership he brought capital. I brought capital. We brought a property together. And then what we did is we just literally just sat down. I'm going to do this work. He brought a contractor. So the goal was to meet with the contractor twice a week. And we defined what those roles were very quickly, very, very quickly. And like in the synergy with him and I, the conversations grew and they were about how do we now go from five flips To 40 flips, and the conversation continued to grow. What construction crews do we need to come in? So, I think testing the waters in it, if you can, is very key, right? Like, let's not just jump into this, but let's do one property, let's do one deal together. And if the synergy and the the momentum is there, because like I said, I had done it four or five times with other business partners, one and done, it was great. I still have fantastic relationships. In fact, one was this really great woman, and she flips houses now. still do lots of business projects together at different ends. So that's key though. Test it, define roles like what you said very early on, do not wait, define roles, and then go plan, go. What's the next step? Put it in practice. Yeah,
1: I love that. And and I want to piggyback a little bit about your journey with flipping. You said something in some of the stuff that we had sent you to fill out and just kind of get a chance to get to know you. And you said something about you started to notice a decrease in inventory obviously in 2018 which which is quite honestly still the case in you know as we record this in 2022. So what you said something interesting though is that you said it's obviously harder to find homes, but you decided to take things into your own hands and create more inventory. So why I want to say that, because I think that's a big stumbling block for people beyond partnerships, Yeah, inventory, right? Finding yeah. deals. And I love that you're just like, you took it. I love what you say. You're taking in your own hands. And you're creating more inventory. So I want to get more detail around that. But I also want to just say that you saw a problem and you said, "How am I going to fix this problem?" And I would just encourage women everywhere in our every community has a problem when it comes to real estate. There's problems. How do you fix those? How do you become adding the solution to that problem? And they vary from market to market. But if we start looking at our markets, what are the problems I'm going to solve? It's a much better question than "How am I going to find deals?" Because yeah. now you're in the driver's seat. So tell us now, after I get off my high horse of telling that, tell us a little about how you created more inventory and how women can do the same in the challenges
0: we're having with inventory and finding deals. Yeah. So this was actually Seattle. So knowing your market is key, right? So Seattle, before it, actually, it hit the nation in about 2016, we had this multiple offer situations starting to hit in 2016 and every real estate agent that has been around every buyer, they had never seen this before. And you started having 70 showings and all the offers and everything that the nation's experienced over the last two years, Seattle had it back in about 16. And that's when I got my license and that's when I saw the key to changing that. And so what I knew from my experience was product is key. Product is key, right? And so my network of being able to be involved in auctions and building that network is was key to figuring out how to get create and solve problems for those neighborhoods. So some neighborhoods now today we're building in because we need new turnkey properties in there and I can build quickly, right? So I'm solving that problem there. Or there is in the Seattle, we just opened up and I know lots of cities are experiencing density issues. Density is probably what is holding back our housing market in, in, in key high city. And so density zoning has changed in Seattle. So we shifted to building uh, detached dwelling units in the back of properties and building it team and lawyers and surveyors to build these detached dwelling units so we can create density on and now we have two pro, two houses a house we're flipping and a, a new house that we're building in the back of that so knowing the market but also the network I can't stress enough how important the network is building my network through that auction world back in 15, 16 17 that network is what helped me meet every single wholesaler almost, I feel like I know every single investor in the Seattle area, but now it's grown to nationally. So as women, we do this well internally. We network internally with the moms at soccer practice. We network internally. So step out the box and join, invest her locally, right? Like I love the local Seattle investor group, you know, listen to the podcast, start your own. That's what I did. I started my own investment real estate group. It's just a, it's an open door. Called an open community for women to come talk. And that opened doors for investment money. That opened doors to meet other women doing this. And so starting that community was huge. And I do like to say, I want to step back and also talk about timelines, right? So I have learned that now is the time. And Elon Musk, I was listening to this really great little thing on Elon Musk, and he said, look at your 10-year business plan. And what do you want to do in 10 years, right? Make the steps, achieve this in 10 years. Now cut that in five years. Can you do that in five years? And the whole crowd like, oh yeah, I could probably do that in five years. And he said, now cut that in half to two and a half years. Can you do that in two and a half years? And that's like the fear starts coming over us, but why not? You know, as I'm turning 40, I'm like, I'm feeling the time difference and I don't have the time. So I'd rather fail. And this is key to what he said. I'd rather fail trying to do my business Plan that I wanted to achieve in 10 years and two and a half years, because imagine what I would fail at if I did it in two and a half years versus if I failed at doing it in 10 years. And that just hit me. So that's why I move quickly and move fast because time is our biggest asset. Now I feel like even more than money. And so don't live in fear, build your community because they will build you up and they will get you past that fear fear, and then you can achieve everything you want to once you have that support behind you, which is what you guys are doing. And I applaud you. You do it wonderfully. Being part of the investor community. It's great.
2: I love it because even for introverts like me, I look at networking as part of my business, right? It's not like I wake up in the morning and say, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go to that networking event and talking to a lot of people. That's not what comes natural to me because it takes a lot of my energy when I am in those environments. But I see it as part of my business plan, right? It's natural. What does not work for me is just like this chit chat of exchanging business cards and not going down to the conversation. So based on that, I want to mention that during our investor con, we're planning mindful networking we're expecting 500 over 500 women joining us led by kim kiyosaki and an amazing keynotes over 20 sessions of those are the women that are rock stars that we handpicked they're going to be sharing different content that you haven't seen before but the attendees that's an opportunity to really network and we're going to share more about how does that look like and what the structure that we're putting in place so you get to know the person deeper than like hi my name is so and so what do you do i'm an investor or or i flip or yeah everybody here is an investor right how can you go to the next level in that period because networking is really really important And you can be investors, you can be passive investors, active investors. I want to get into the passive investors, right? Because you said that at the beginning that one of your hurdles was money and you needed to to get investors involved. And I think a lot of women can relate with that, too, because many times money is what, quote unquote, is holding them back from getting started. So let's talk about that. Where did you navigate? Where did you find those wonderful investors that were sitting waiting for you to come and say, hey, (laughs) but how did that process uh, go for you? How did you present yourself to them? And why do you think they chose to invest with you?
0: You know, I think that there's an untapped market. So Seattle, I looked at my market and I know that we have a huge medium average salary income. We are sitting almost at like, like 95 is the average medium salary a year and more, more because of our tech industry making the mid 100. So I knew there was this huge market here of past investors, but my target has always been women because there is nurses, there is tech workers. There's an influx of this in the Seattle market. And so I just reached out to everybody. And I think that the key to this is the ask, right? I think so much we get in ourselves and we don't ask the question. And I wasn't out there looking for a hundred thousand. I mean, yeah, great. If you want to invest a hundred thousand, absolutely. Who's going to say no, right? I was out there looking for the 10,000, just 10,000 investment, because what can that do for you as an investor? How can we divvy up your assets? How can we build your wealth? And so I was out there asking, talking to women across the platform. And funny, i mentioned that I talked to soccer moms, you know, I would talk to the mom, what do you do? Oh, I flip houses. Instant connection on that, right? But I think the ask is the most important thing. And don't be afraid. Look at your key demographics. I can't even tell you how many Amazon computer science guys or just Amazon delivery package guys want to invest in real estate and what we're doing they just don't know how so being that avenue and that channel for them and i would say set up two separate areas right you're either going to do your quick flips your quick turns or you're going to do your long-term holds and don't be afraid to bring in a passive investor at a lower dollar amount because you're helping build their community and what does that do it spreads the word, right? So that word of mouth is so key. I pay back my investors on time. We communicate, we set it by month by two two emails a month with pictures of what we're doing so they can see it. So communicating so they feel valued. I love talking the story. my very first networking. Group I set up. This woman comes through. She's been working in the tech industry for uh, ever, and she just bought her first condo. Congratulations! But she wants to do more investment real estate. So she pulled forty thousand from her four hundred one k. She pulls it tax free because she's investing in real estate. And Liz, to your point, we do joint ventures agreements when we bring in passive mm-hmm. investors. So joint venture agreement that we have drafted up and brought her in. She did her first flip. She gets her return. She She's done now over, she has now doubled her 40K return with us in less than two years. So her life has changed. She's great. She's living in her beautiful condo that she just redid her bathroom to, but she's now making more passive income. And it's because I asked. Do you want to come to my networking event? Do you want to invest? And that is key. And we cannot be afraid to ask. Ask for what you want. Ask for what you need.
1: Yeah. And it can be scary though, right? I mean, but it's so important. And I think you're right. It is like a matchmaking. It's matchmaking of what someone needs and what you have. I feel like real estate is just, we're on the brink of just creating an alternative investing opportunities for people and people are already doing it. I've been, you know, working with passive investors too, for quite some times, how we grew our business. You know, we started with our first private investor on our first deal too, didn't have the money. And it just, it's neat to see first you're like, yeah, I need the money to buy the property, but you really start to quickly realize this is a win-win and wow, so much less volatile than Wall Street. So a couple of questions for you too, as you've navigated all these different niches and you know, you're involved in RV parks, you're involved in mobile home parks, rentals, you know, short-term flips. And I'm curious to hear where you're putting a lot of your focus right now and why. And, you know, just tell us a little bit about that because that's a variety of niches and there's positives to all of them. And there's probably cons, right? Of course, with every strategy, there's a con or something we have to keep an eye on. So what do you, what are you going to going all in on now, or if there is one focus that you have and just tell us a little about that and the why around it. Curious to get your insight there.
0: Yeah. My mind was, in fact, I look at my business every year, but I, I probably analyze my business every single month and ask myself that question. What are we going to hone in on? Because I am a little nervous. I am a little bit nervous about inventory, even finding off-market properties. I am a little nervous. So is it creating an off-market business? Do I want to go down that avenue? Not sure. But what I'm analyzing and looking right now is cash flow. And I know there's so many avenues to that, but I have dialed into cash flow because I was listening to the podcast, kind of blew my mind the other day. I can own $30 million of real estate. I can own it, great. I can be in a syndication that owns that, but what is your cash flow? What are you bringing home every single month? And if it's that fourplex that's just cash flowing, I'm buying it. If it's that Airbnb that is cash flowing, I'm buying it. And I'm going to start selling assets that aren't producing the cash flow. So it is analyzing numbers and it's not one business. Although I do feel the best returns I'm getting are on my Airbnbs right now and my mobile parks and my mobile parks that have hookups to RV or short term. Those ones are really successful right now. And my multi-use properties, we have properties, storage units, warehouses, all that. Those are producing tons of Cash flow. So, but not to say that renovating, you know, more units or an Aplex in Seattle is not going to produce a cash flow, but that is solely, purely the focus of the business right now is how I bring in cash flow. Because great, like I said, you know, we can go buy that multi-million dollar property and it's great for the portfolio, but it's not meeting the need right now. And the cash flow, I feel like, is where our business is heading, and it's we're building houses to hold right now. We're building 15 unit, 15 single family homes to hold because it's going to produce so much cash flow for us. So just going down. I don't care what avenue it is, but knowing that, right? Getting into your market, getting into your business. Don't just get lost in the avalanche of business, but dive in and say, what is it that I need now? Is it the assets or is it the cash flow?" And then make that happen, I think is where we lose mark. We just start getting rolling and rolling and rolling. If you're at that next level of real estate, you do. You start rolling and looking at the other deal and looking at these assets, but what does your business need now? And for a long, sustained for your children, right? Because as Dressa, you said, what's behind me, it's my kids. So I'm looking at that from that angle as well.
1: Yeah. And it's pretty simple when you look at it that way. What's producing the cash flow <laughs> this month? We, we like to overcomplicate things, right? Yeah. I know we were doing the same thing. And I said, what is working for us in our portfolio And let's go all in on that. And then we had multifamily. We had a bunch of other things happening. And it wasn't until we focused uh, on multifamily that we're like, okay, that's what we're doing well. That's where we have a business. That's where it's thriving. Where's it not thriving? Okay. Why do we still hold those? But if we don't stop and look at that, I love that you look at your numbers and business every month in a strategic way. That's critical. This has been great. I mean, I think too, there's so much to every niche, but you have to look at it. And I, I love that you do that. I think that's a huge part that the woman listening needs to do. Even if you have two properties, two rentals, look at them every month as though you have 20. Because if you're not doing it on two, you're not going to do it on 20 or 100, actually. So no, this has been great. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you?
0: Man, I love connecting with everybody and anybody. So please reach out to me. I'm on Instagram all the time, Chandra Lacey, L-A-C-Y, real estate, super simple, on there all the time. Our company's name is Yila Homes, Y I Ila homes. We have a website. We have Instagram there too. It's my business partner and my last name combined. So it's a little fun there. So we had a little fun with that. So Yila homes and I answer all questions, answer all DMS. And so I love connecting with you. Send me properties, send me ideas, let's chat, let's build a community together. So that's where they can definitely reach out to me.
2: Awesome. You guys can find all this information on our show notes. And now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is what's the most transformational book? you ever read?
0: I talked a little bit about Strength Finder. So I definitely think that transformed me. But there is a book that I hold close to my heart. It's called The Awaken Woman. And it was on Oprah's best read. And I read that. And it is about dreams and personal story. And it's about burying your dream and growing it and growing it and how to share your personal story. And that one just sat so dear to me because I think as women, We have these dreams in our hearts that we are fearful of sharing because of loss, because of turmoil we've been through in our life. And when we open up those dreams and talk and let it be part of our story, that world unfolds for us. So that book is revolutionary in my mindset and in my life. It is near and dear to my heart. So awakened Woman for sure is is it.
2: Right. The second question is what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you?
0: <laughs> I, this is going to sound so simple, but I just started this year getting into the gym and I am not a gym. I was an athlete, but as a mom and I just got busy and I wasn't sleeping at night. I wasn't feeling that right. And I just started getting to the gym and I go when I can, and I just make it a goal to go three times a week. And I sweat and I think, and I get in my head and I just let it happen. And that has really transformed my mindset this year. It's allowed me to sleep better, (laughs) which is key, but it's transformed my mindset a little bit of just taking a space for me, getting my muscles moving. And kind of that wheel analogy I started with getting my wheel all together So I can create and keep this momentum going because I need to bring energy to my business. I need to bring it to my family, my kids. I need to bring that. And so as I've done that this year, I've started to crave the gym. I need it. And so I would just, it's a scary place, right? It was scary for me. And I stepped out and I did it. And that has changed my mindset this year is getting that physical work in almost, you know, three to four times a week. has just really helped me. Awesome.
2: Last question is which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most?
0: I'm excited about this one. <laughs> There's so many, I read a ton of autobiographies. I read a lot. And there are so many women out there that I just look up to, you know, I look up to what you guys are doing. It's amazing, but I give it up to my mom. (laughs) And my mom was, if she was working today in this industry or any industry, she would be a CEO. And in her time back in, you know, the eighties and the nineties, when she was thriving, she was a big time project manager and she would come home in her power suits and her binders. And she was so organized and and just people would look up to her and, and all this. And I looked up to that. I saw my mom, mom's work ethic. I saw she would let me come to projects that she was managing. I saw how people treated her and it was amazing. And I know that if she was still doing it today, she'd be the CEO. And I love what you guys are doing in relation to how my mom was, because during my mom's time, there was like, if we were lucky as women to have one seat at a boardroom. And it created this atmosphere, this cattiness, this clawing against other women to get that one seat. But what you guys are doing in this day and age, is you're creating a boardroom for women, right? You're allowing women to have their seat at the boardroom. And that is like amazing to me. So when I saw my mom and I know that she could have been sitting at that boardroom, changing that company, you know, it drives me to know that I could, I've created my own boardroom and I'm so excited to be sitting here with you guys in this boardroom of women and us changing our lives and helping others to do the same. It's an amazing feeling. So high five to mom. I give it up to her.
1: <laughs>
0: I love it. Kendra, thank you so much for sharing your
1: inspiring you know, story and journey with, with us and all the women listening and excited about all the things you're up to and where you're headed. So keep in touch and just all the best. And thanks so much for making time to be with
0: us. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.